0: Think that they get paralyzed by the fear of, of failure and if that's the case then they're afraid to take the chances they might need to take to get to the next level too. Because if they're afraid of failing everything and you know operating from this point of fear instead of going after what they want, um, then I think that can be paralyzing in terms of getting to that next level.
1: This is the Reform Sports Project, a podcast about restoring healthy balance and perspective in all areas of sport through education and advocacy. Hi, this is Nick Bonacore from the Reform Sports Project Podcast. With me today is Lori Hennis, head coach of the women's cross-country and track and field programs at North Carolina State University. Hennis led the NC State cross-country team to an NCAA national title in 2021 and was named the USTF CCCA National Coach of the Year. As a former standout student athlete for the Wolfpack herself, Lori was an NCAA champion, a six-time All-American, and a three-time All-ACC performer in track and field. Coach Hennis and I discuss how kids can learn to develop intrinsic motivation, how fear of failure often prevents athletes from getting to the next level, and the importance of teaching athletes to take responsibility for their goals. Man, I am once again fired up. I have another phenomenal guest. She has just unbelievable amounts of experience from many different angles. I can't wait to dig in with her. Just had a ridiculous year winning the cross country national championship. Uh the head coach at the cross country and track and field, women's track and field from NC State University, the Wolfpack. I'm throwing up the Wolfpack sign on my hand right now. So coach Lori Henness, coach, thank you so much for hopping on.
0: Yeah, thanks for having
1: me. So coming off of a national title. I mean, like, what is that? Real quick, how what like what's how's that feel?
0: Awesome. Uh, this is just an amazing group of women. You know, with the kind of COVID extra eligibility, we, we had a good number of seniors on the team and the, that has been their goal for the, you know, their whole career. And so it was just really awesome to see them be able to accomplish that. You know, we finished second, you know, last year. And so I think a lot of that was kind of a build to this. Um, and so it was just awesome to see them, our, our top five, which is how you, you know, the scoring and cross country works just really have um, a great day all at the same time.
1: Amazing, amazing. I love it. Um, I'm really glad to be able to speak with you. We'll kind of dig into that a little bit, but we're talking obviously youth sports, athletic development here, something you know a lot about. Uh, you, are obviously a sports parent, as we just touched on. And coach, kind of where I want to, and I will tell you, this is, I think, one of my, one of my first, uh, interviews with, uh, I interviewed Steve Magnus. Um, but other than that, I have very limited, and I like to run, coach. I run like, I try to run myself like 22 to 25 miles a week. I'm terrible. Um, but it keeps me in good shape. I've actually grown accustomed to it and I love it. So just tell me this, coach, you know, my older boys, wrestle and and I'm Mm -hmm. bringing this up because I've never wrestled a day in my life but I have found and wrestling coaches have told me and they also recommend to to some kids run cross country in the off season there's a major correlation in the mental training or or the mental edge that you get with cross country and on the wrestling mat you know completely different animals but there's something in the mental that I've been told can you talk about the crossover a lot of people out there are questioning whether or not their kids should specialize early at young ages or you know dabble in different sports and be diversified Every coach I speak with says they love multi-sport athletes, love kids that dabble in different things. Can you talk about crossover in sports, maybe from your own experience as a coach, as an athlete as well, and also your daughter?
0: sure yeah um you know i I think that's an interesting comparison you made between wrestling and cross country there i think there are um kind of those sports our, our director of program raleigh geiger who's been here forever likes to say you know you play soccer you play basketball you play football you don't play cross country or wrestling really or swimming you know some of those sports where you have the individual aspect um i think is awesome because there's like you know personal accountability and those things but um i think it's really great to dabble in both types of sports you know um which my daughter certainly did and we find a lot of our high level um athletes i think of the i'm trying to think of the top five in that national championship team um one played basketball while in the high school two played soccer um and so i think i love i love finding people that really got the team aspect you know not just the individual sport part of like cross country or track as as a younger athletes and then also you know dabbled like you said or had experience in A little bit more individual sports. I mean, cross country, at the end of the day, your top five have to run well on the same day to be successful. So it's very much a team sport, but, you know, you're not passing a ball to anyone or anything like that. It's You have to get your individual performance at a certain level for the team to do well. So I think kind of that crossover between sports is awesome for people to have experience um, on both ends of that spectrum.
1: That's a great point. That's the first time I actually had that brought up because I have actually made, you know, plenty of posts uh, on social media and, and that, that word you said play wrestling or play swimming. Yeah, obviously that, that doesn't make any, you know, doesn't make any sense. You either wrestle or you run cross crunchy, but you play basketball, you play baseball. And I'll talk to coaches who love, there's like a major correlation between soccer players and also basketball. Like it's almost the same sport, just different field, different core, different ball, but you're the spatial awareness, the movement. Um, you know, you brought up the word accountability. And I have yet to find a sport, you know, from my own experience as a sports parent, that brings up the accountability piece as much as wrestling. The mental, I see the preparation that goes into the discipline, that goes into the diet and all of these things with wrestling. I would imagine there's got to be a lot of similarities in in cross country. I would love it if you can kind of dig into that and how some of these kids out there and parents, like a lot of times we hold our kids' hands. You know, we don't let them become accountable on their own. How much of, of sport comes from intrinsic motivation is where I'm going with this coach. That the kids, do they, can they learn that or is that something that can be taught?
0: I, I definitely think they can learn that, you know? And I think the key to, to them learning that is, is to, you know, allow them to fail and figure out, you know, how, how to move on from that and how to get better. Um, I think as a parent, the hardest thing to do, this is, you know, I coached for a lot longer than I was a parent of, a, of an athlete at a high level. And as a parent, It's so hard to let your child fail to see that something that they're doing is not going to lead to the result that they want. But I think it's way too easy to step in and fix that. And I don't, I don't even think that's, you know, unique to sports. I think in this current climate, you know, when we're recruiting and and parents academically are so worried about their kid, a kid getting a B or not getting the SAT score they need to get into a certain school. And you just step in and you, and you fix this. And then we get athletes at the college level who just don't know what to do when they get a B for the first time. And I think that it's 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 super hard for parents to do, but I think stepping back and letting, you know, your child figure out how to, how to manage things on their own. And, and I don't say that in terms of if there's something that's being done that's going to cause your child to get hurt or it's dangerous, certainly, you know. I, I'm not saying ignore, you know, don't step in for something like that. But I think that um, that accountability piece, you know, running at a high level, there's so many other things that go into it. Wrestling, I, I believe, is similar. Um, and it's like, you know, it's all these things i mean diet but that, that i i feel like sleep recovery those kind okay. of things that are the most important at a really high level it's something that a lot of younger athletes are missing too this rush to take as many ap courses as you can and um and you know do all these things in high school and you know to me you go to college to go to college so don't try to do that in high school or beforehand <laughs> or specialize at that level one of the things my daughter who, who won an ncaa title last year it would frustrate me as a parent she would say mom i'm not going to do everything right yet i want to leave myself room to uh to make this the next thing i do so i can reach the next level and sometimes it was frustrating because you're 16 17 i think i'm like you need to sleep more you need to eat better you need to do those things but um you know she developed that intrinsic motivation um, and, and it was really kind of a team thing i think you get on these high level teams and um you want to perform well for other people for something bigger than yourself and so i think that's where You know, you you find people that are motivated by that, doing something bigger than just themselves or individually, and that's how you have success at this level. I don't know if that answered your question. I kind of talked around a lot of things there, but hopefully that kind of answered it.
1: It's interesting because I don't know if there is, you know, one of the things is everyone has their own ideology. Most importantly, everyone has their own experience, you know, and I'm listening to you and I'm thinking as you're talking, I'm going, you know, my oldest son's going to wrestle in college. But the, the case in point you brought up the academic piece of it we're talking about accountability and you know my wife and I try at times each kid's a little bit different we have six children um and and each kid's a little different right and they all fortunately we're very lucky they're they're for the most part on a very good path well my oldest son I'm not I'm going to blow up a spot here a little bit you know he's doing well in a class he actually is taking a college course right and he's doing well with it but the problem is he struggles with little attention deficit disorder all right and what I mean by that is it's something he's had and he has to work through it and it takes effort you know Whereas it that takes effort for a couple of my other kids to like be be willing to get into the weight room and do certain other things he is very easy in that regard but when it comes to being organized he at times has struggled you know and we've kind of held his hand a little probably a little bit too long the one thing this college course has done is it given him the freedom it's given him the freedom meaning to hey your paper's not due until later on so what does he do he procrastinates and the the teachers have been very flexible with handing in late work, probably because of the COVID circumstance. So, mm-hmm. you yeah, know, for sure. <laughs> so, so with that said, um, he's a high school student taking a college course, but his grades on all of exams are 80s and 88s. And, you know, he's doing very well. But there's one portion of it that requires individual work on his own time. Five or six of the assignments are late. And then he decided he made a conscious decision because his grade was like a, a high B he had an assignment due like a week and a half ago and he had other things going on. He just said, I'm not going to, I don't want to do it. Right. He, uh-huh. he made a conscious, we didn't know this. And uh-huh. then he made a conscious decision to basically just own a zero, not knowing how much that was going to affect his grade. And what it do, it pulled it onto a, a seven right now. It's like a 79 point, whatever. And he's like, I can't believe it. Now my wife and I want to get mad, but that's yeah. the natural consequence. Like what are we, you're, yeah. you're you're almost 17 years old. My point is We have to take the handcuffs off. Is that? Can you talk about that, like as a parent? Because it is hard to do.
0: Yeah, and you hit the the, the exact words I didn't bring up the first time: natural consequences. And you know, you read parenting books and stuff as I did, and they all tell you, you know, to kind of let the natural consequences play out. And like you said, with the COVID situation and all this going on right now, sometimes the natural consequences you assume are going to be there aren't because people are so lenient. (laughs) And then you get into the situation where maybe somebody isn't. But you know, those are the kind of decisions. students and athletes need to make in college. You know, sometimes everything is hard and you do make a decision to do that and you have to, have to understand what the consequences are going to be. Or, you know, you've got a national championship coming up and you decide that you're going to get your eight or nine hours of sleep and maybe you take a, a B on a paper that you would have liked to have gotten an A on, but you have to make this decision between those two things. And I think so many um young athletes are kind of paralyzed by the inability to make those choices or understand what the consequences are going to be. And, you know, we just talk to our athletes all the time. I mean, like, you know, certainly you want your we want our athletes to do the best that they can in the classroom. And as a parent, I want my kids to do that. But one of the things we say all the time is like, what's going to happen if you get a B? Your parents are still going to love you. You're still going to be fine. <laughs> you know, they, they're like paralyzed by this. Oh, no, what's going to happen if I if I fail? And I think that they get paralyzed by the fear of, of failure. And if that's the case, then they're afraid to take the chances they might need to take to get to the next level, too because if they're afraid of failing everything and, you know, operating from this point of fear instead of going after what they want, um, then I think that can be paralyzing in terms of getting to that next level.
1: What a great point. You just, you almost made me feel like I'm a better parent than I probably am because we, <laughs> but it's, it's true. It really is. There's no money, how many books you read or how many experiences you go through. You always feel like you're second guessing decisions, but at the end of the day, there's really not much control I have over, you know, the decision-making of a 16, 17. You hope you prepare them. And I think, That's where I want to get into and why I love getting into these conversations is, you know, that's the old adage, you know, prepare the kids for the path. Don't prepare the path for the kids. And and there's so many circumstances now where, you know, and I'm a baseball background where so-and-so's 10-year-old not starting shortstop on his team. So mom or dad just go ahead and start their own team, right? And that is like so prevalent. And you can honestly trace that potentially and say, that's why there's a transfer portal today. Can you talk about, you know, why it's so critical to allow, not just from an athletic standpoint, but for, and I know we're kind of touching on it now, but kind of digging more about why the decision-making, why, listen, hey, you're not starting on this team. Instead of, hey, let's go start our team. Let's, let's work through that and maybe become more versatile. Maybe there's a different position. Like let's, let's problem solve. Aren't these life lessons that we can extract from sports and apply in the real world?
0: Yeah, for sure. And one of the things like in a team sports situation we talk about too is everybody has a role and those roles can be different at different times, you know, and so because we we can only line up seven people and we have a roster of almost 20. And so, you know, we lined up different people at our regional meet and our national meet, which, you know, not a lot of programs did. We were lucky, uh, fortunate, not lucky, I think, you know, to have that kind of depth to do that. But we build that and we build that by you know, hopefully talking a lot about, you know, some people's role at this point is to beat an All-American and finish in the top 10 of nationals. And that's how we're going to win. But, you know, some people's role right now is to help people get better in workouts and make sure that they're, you know, making that progress to be in that position in a year or so. But, um, I think I feel like I was involved in youth sports, you know, a long, obviously a long time ago. And I feel like that patience is, um, People have lost kind of that ability to be patient and and figure out what they need to do to be successful in the situation they're in. But, you know, I don't I don't want to get to where it sounds like we're blaming kids for jumping around, too. I mean, obviously, coaches do. Oh, my (laughs) God. Yeah. So people have to find the best situation for them. You know, sometimes you are in a situation that's not good for you. But um, I think that, you know, being able to step back and say, like, that's not my role right now. But this is what my goals are. And that what do I need to do to get there is something that, yeah, not a lot of... um, athletes are necessarily equipped with for instance ellie my oldest daughter who who did win the national title like she played youth soccer for a long time and she was getting close to that classic level before she switched over to running and um, i remember sitting in the stands with parents and they're like don't you think she's playing the wrong position don't you think she should be doing this don't you think that and i'm kind of like i'm just gonna try to do my best to just sit here and cheer (laughs) but they thought because i was coaching but i would be a good person to ask those questions to, and i was kind of like the opposite you know just go in there get really fit get work on your skills and you know when they put you in do the best you can and and go from there so i think it is interesting that um and and i'm sure that that rubs off on the on the students as well you know when parents are going home saying like oh you're playing the wrong position or they're not playing you enough or those kind of things and um i think that's tough you know that doesn't the thing about our sport is the numbers are so obvious it's it's you know it ends up being most of the time fairly obvious who gets the playing time right (laughs) as you would call it because it's it's there's no um the coach's decision on who's running better it's it's head-to-head
1: when we return coach hennis and i talk about accountability and the importance of striving to control the process not the outcome welcome back where coach hennis and i left off we were about to discuss responsibility and how prioritizing fun often leads to winning I want to circle back. You mentioned your perspective, and I think that is fascinating. I feel the same way, and I've heard so many coaches at your level, obviously high-level, Power 5, Division 1 coaches say when they're at their kids' events, whatever sport it is, people almost look to them like, hey, and they tend to be the quietest ones. I remember there was a very famous, and I interviewed Frank Martin, right? head men's basketball coach at South Carolina. You may have seen the video. It was a few years ago. He went on a rant in an interview of how passionate he was with, with sports parents or whomever like getting on referees at baske, youth basketball games like you know just being and it happens all the time you know and and, and, oh, yeah. and tearing down the coaches all over the referees well there's a shortage in referees in, in umpires and things like that and I don't want to like you said I don't want to sit here and tear down or, or blame parents and all that but there are elements where people are you know don't you think this don't you think that coach is making a bad decision here you are someone who's paid and a professional is taking a step back and just being quiet. Why is that? Is is it clearly you have some sort of, you know, knowing of what that other, you know, that youth coach is going through. Why would you as a coach at the highest level feel the need or want to just step back and let your kid be coached by whomever's leading the way?
0: Yeah, you know, I I mean, I think it's just because once you've done this at this level for a long time, you can see that that's um that the, the kids who, you know, come to this level either having a tendency to Again, it's, it's it, at least in our sport, it's hard to blame something else, right? <laughs> but, but it's not, really, because you can say, oh, my training was wrong, doesn't know what they're doing, kind of thing. And, and, and it's back to that accountability thing, I think. Like, at some point, you have to take responsibility for the level that you get to. And certainly there are things that can happen that can be out of your control, right? And, and so, you know, you don't, sometimes injuries are just injuries, and nobody necessarily caused them. And, and, and so, you know, sometimes things do happen out of the athlete's control. But I think as a coach at this level, Um, we want people who, you know, if they don't have the outcome they want, they just want to learn from it and what can I do better and how can I get there? And so I think that, you know, allowing that to happen with youth athletes too, trying to figure it out on their own. And again, for really young kids, they can't figure a lot of that stuff out on their own. I understand that. And trying to help, um, you know, really young athletes navigate through that, I'm sure is a little bit different. But as they get older, I think that, you know, just trying to help, your own children or youth athletes, you know, at that level figure out what do I need to do to get better. And part of it depends on goals too. You know, we really talk to our athletes. We're at this in this unique position where some of them, and my daughter's doing now, want to run professionally. And that's their goal. Their goal is I want to be great when I'm twenty five and try to make Olympic teams. And that's a little bit different goal than um, you know, somebody who wants to run in college at a high level but then wants to go on to their professional career right away. Like just as a coach, I might do something different with those two people because I want to leave enough room for someone whose goal is to, you know, try to make the Olympic team when they're 25 to train harder and do more things. And so I think that's even true at a younger level. You know, what is the goal and what level are we playing at? You know, I think that sometimes the way you approach some of the training can be different. Um, And, you know, obviously, I don't know, you know, 10, 11 year olds don't know what their goals are. But as they get older, kind of like, you know, making sure that you're not projecting your goals onto either your kids or youth athletes, like letting Mm. them come into what, what do they want out of the sport? I mean, I think everyone should be trying to have fun with this and learn from it. That's what sports are for everyone. But, you know, for some people, it might be a career. And for some people, that's not what their goals are at all. And and being honest with somebody about whether that seems like a realistic goal. I think that's one of my jobs collegiately as a coach. Like, is this realistic? And, and if it is, how can we get there? But, you know, figuring out, what you're trying to get out of it, too. I mean, obviously, for most younger athletes, I think, you know, learning these life lessons and having fun are the most important things. And then after that, you know, taking responsibility for what your goals are and what level you want to get to.
1: I watched a fascinating biography last night or, you know, whatever it was, I was on demand about Sarah Blakely, founder of Spanx, you know, one of the first women billionaires. um, And she was talking about her childhood and her dad used to sit around the dinner table and literally like he was an eternal optimist, it sounds like, and literally speak to the kids about failing. Like, hey, what did you fail at today? You know, like that's where you're going to grow. Like from the time they were little. And and I'm listening to you going, how do we educate parents to let them know that it's okay to fail? You know, in a positive way, like to use that because a lot of times, and I've been guilty of this coach, you know, years ago, you start valuing your own worth as a parent based on your kid's performance in a sport. Sometimes you're like, God, I must suck as a parent because my kid just struck out three times. I mean, it sounds crazy, but it's not. Um, And then you project that anger, agitation, frustration onto your kid. And I think that's why people sure. get, get frustrated. So how do we educate parents? What are, I guess, a piece of advice that you say, hey, parents, it's okay to let your kids fail. You know, why is that so vital? And why should we as parents, you know, give the kids the freedom to do that?
0: Well, I think eventually at some level, there's always going to be somebody who's more talented or at a higher level. Like that's just going to happen. In my opinion, if, if athletes don't realize that kind of younger, that not everything's going to be perfect. This is a long road if you want to do sport for a long time or anything really. And um, that you're going to have these setbacks. And um, one of the things we always say to athletes is like, you can't control everything, but you can control your response to it and so i think we just try to preach that early and i think that's a piece of advice for you know for younger athletes again in these sports where a rough call might not be great or you might not be getting the playing time you think you deserve you can't control everything but you can control your response to it and learning that young is huge you know um you know for us this was a team that was really hard to make individually and there were people coming into the season saying like i can't control how other people are going to run or what they're going to do but i can control what i'm going to do and that's yeah. that's all i can do and being okay with i'm controlling everything i can control i can't always control the outcome but i can control the process and i can control my reaction to what happens to me i think it's something that's huge to learn and actually is really evident in the people at the highest level i don't think the people that get to the highest level get there without realizing that so i think it's something that the earlier people can realize that the better and and the other thing we always say is like To me, and I think this is very true in youth athletics, it's very true even at our level. You know, people say winning is fun, and it is, and it's fun to win a national title. But I think we win because we have fun. I think you start with that. You want people to really, truly enjoy being around each other, doing something bigger than themselves. Those are the teams that win, they win because of that, I think. And so fostering that at a young age, people understanding that when they get to the next level, I think is huge.
1: Coach Ennis, I love that. That's a great way to end. I cannot thank you enough. Lori Hennis, head cross country coach, women's track and field, NC State University, the Wolfpack, ACC. Coach, where can they find you? You know, parents, kids, they want they want to come run for the Wolfpack. You know, what what do they got to do? How can they connect with you?
0: Well, you know, we don't really do any of that until, like, you know, after sophomore year. But, um, you know, I'm not one of the big social media people. I know <laughs> I should do more of it. <laughs> um, but they get on our website, you know, go pack. We have questionnaires to fill out. And my email and contact is all on there. So um, definitely people can reach out and find out that we have some standards up there what we normally look for for athletes coming into the program
1: and what exactly what are those standards real quick if you're a minute and a half what are you looking for the kids that want to have the wolf back on the radar their sophomores and above um what are things that you're looking for
0: well, we have, you know, we have marks up there in each event. But beyond that, we you know when, I, when I'm i recruiting, um, certainly we have to look at the marks. I and mean, again, like we said, in certain sports, those are out there, and it's easy to look at who can be competitive at this level. But we want good students who love the sport and have a lot of fun with it and want to be a good teammate.
1: I love it. Coach Hennis, you're the best. This is awesome. I cannot thank you enough for coming on. This has been truly an honor.
0: Well, it's a great thing you've got going on here. So Thanks for having me.
1: That's Lori Hennis, head women's cross-country and track and field coach at NC State University. Thanks for listening to the Reform Sports Project podcast. I'm Nick Bonacourt, and our goal is to restore a healthy balance and perspective in all areas of sport through education and advocacy. For updates, please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or check out our website by searching for the Reform Sports Project.